Can we celebrate a couple things? Number one, we get to worship our God today, no matter where you're at. We have an unbelievable worship team. Can we make some noise? Ronnie didn't spill the water when he brought out the table for the first time in his life. Like, it's gonna be a good day. Let's pray. God, I thank you that we get to gather together today through technology. I thank you that we get to gather together in person next weekend. I thank you that we get to gather together in person for Christmas Eve. I thank you that you're moving in our city and you're changing lives. Even in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, you are still in control and on the move. And we thank you that we get to be a part of it. I pray, God, for every person in every living room, in every kitchen, in every bedroom, in every gymnasium, in every car, every person at our God Behind Bars campuses. God, I pray that no matter where we're watching or listening to this from right now, that we would be reminded that an all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful, omniscient God is with us right where we are. And we can just sit in that and enjoy that. And God, I pray you speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, we are, we are wrapping up our Kingdom Builders series today. And I started four weeks ago, or I guess this is week four, so what does that make it? Three weeks ago? How does that work? Three weeks ago, Conrad? Three to four weeks ago, we started a series called Kingdom Builders. And I told you at the very beginning of the series, there was one thing, all I wanted to do, we're not asking for anything, I want you to ask God one thing. God, based on what you've given me, based on how you've taken care of me and my family, what would you have me do this year above my normal giving at the end of your offering? What would you have me do this year to be a part of building your kingdom and not just mine? And I'm telling you, church, we answer that question obediently. We go change the world together. And, and here in just a few minutes, I'm going to show you what your investments through the local church have been doing. And I'm telling you, you have an eternal return on your investment when you give through a local church. I believe that. And so I'm so excited. In fact, can, can you guys in this room act like you're excited? See, here's what I know about a message like this. There are different levels of, of emotions when you realize we're talking about money in church, right? There are some of you, maybe not a ton, but I know there are some of you that are like, oh my gosh, I have been looking forward to this weekend. <laughs> I can't wait. It is end of year giving weekend. Woo! I don't know if anyone gets that excited. I want to party with them, but I don't know if anyone still gets that excited. But some of you are really, really excited that it is the Kingdom Builders Week 4 End of Year Giving Weekend. Some of you are like, mm, this is my church. This is my family. I know I'm called to be a kingdom builder. I know I'm called to be a part. I know God's put something on my heart. I'm going to do it, but I wouldn't, call, I wouldn't go as far as to say woohoo. In fact, I'm a little nervous if you don't know the truth. It's true. Some of you would be like, bro, I told my neighbor to watch this weekend. 
and this is what you're talking about? Really? Right? And some of you, truth is, some of you already have felt, maybe you've said it to somebody in the room watching with you, but maybe you've just thought it. You've already started to feel a little bit of anger. It's real. It's okay to be honest. We're in church. I think we ought to be honest in here. It's okay. A little frustration. Right? I get it. I get every single one of those levels of emotions. I have felt them myself. When I was little, like, like we grew up poor. And, and I want to be careful when I say we grew up poor because I realize that today's message is being watched in over 150 countries. And so I'm talking about first world poor. But when you're a kid, all you know is your world, right? And so all I knew was is when I looked at everybody around me, we were different. We were poor. Like, like we lived in a trailer. And then, and then I thought we won the lottery one day and we moved, down, we moved a couple driveways down in, in, into a double wide trailer. We were like, whoo, come on. And then we moved into what is technically a house, but about the size of the trailer. We would always have several vehicles in the front yard for parts. There are part stores, but we don't need them. Because, see, apparently none of them had a starter because we would oftentimes have to push start one of the vehicles to get out of the house. And some of you are too young to know about popping the clutch. This is real life stuff. We used to push some cars. You put in the clutch, put it in first. Give me going about seven miles an hour. I'll drop the clutch, push the gas. Boom, we're running. Bypass the starter. Who needs a starter? We were poor. If, if, if my baseball team, I remember being like 10, my baseball team won a tournament. We all went to McDonald's afterwards. And I got a real stern talking to from my stepdad out in the parking lot. It was like, hey, he was serious, and I mean, you could tell, hey, hamburger, no cheeseburger. You know that. We don't got that kind of money. It was like 15 cents. We drink water, not pop. You got that? That was our talk every time. Yep, yep yeah, dad, yeah, dad, I know, I know. Just poor. Just felt poor. And maybe, maybe four to five times as a, as a family, we went to church when I was growing up, Maybe. And I remember a couple of them, though, the pastor, I don't even know if he was talking about money or if they just took an offering. I don't know. But I remember being out in the car in the parking lot, and my dad, guys, when being from Kansas where we were at, people in my family can string together cuss words in like an artful fashion. <laughs> like you can, you can make a whole sentence with just swear words if, you, if you're that good. My family's that good. And he would say things about the pastor, about the church, get, give me, give me, get, all this church, all they want's our money. And if I didn't have to push the car, he would slam on them. And not for, I'm not making this up for like entertainment value. This is what we do in Kansas. He would literally squeal the tires as we left the church parking lot saying cuss words about the place because all they want is our money. And, and I'll be honest, as a 10-year-old, I kind of agreed because I'm like, like they, don't, they don't know I had to go change the, this was a real thing. I had to go change the license plate from that car to that car so we could take this car because none of the other ones ran today and we only had one license plate. I did that before church this morning. And I get hamburgers, not cheeseburgers. And I remember thinking like, so why do you want our money? We don't have much. That's real. I get that. And if you're feeling that, can you please just exhale? 
This church does not want anything from you. This church doesn't need anything from you. This is God's church. Let this just be a ministry to you today. See, so, so for many years as a pastor, I never thought I'd be a pastor. For many years as a pastor, I didn't want to talk about money because I could envision those conversations happening out in our parking lots. I don't want that. I don't want you to ever feel that. But, but see, some of my greatest moments with God as a follower of Jesus Christ have been on the other side of financial obedience. Some of the greatest miracles me and my wife have ever experienced have been on the other side of, a, excuse me, of like a crazy like, okay, God, we trust you. Here we go. And so my temptation is to stay away from this stuff because I don't want anyone to think bad of us or the church or, or God but I feel my job as a pastor is to teach you this stuff so you can enjoy the peace and the freedom and the joy that comes with knowing that your finances are in line with God's will for you. And so that's what I'm going to do today. But I do want you to know the spirit in which this offering is being taken in case you're new or this is new to you. And so would you put up that first scripture? This is going to describe the spirit in which we're taking an offering today. And now, brothers and sisters... We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Paul's like, man, I was at a church and I saw some people give in a way that blew me away. He said, let me tell you about it. In the midst of a very severe trial, 2020. In the midst of everybody in the church feeling like things are a little out of control. Their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. And we could read that verse like 20 times and say amen today. For I testify, I'm telling you, I saw it with my own eyes. They gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. There's three things that stood out to me as I read this one for the first time. The first one is this, on their own. Paul said, I'm telling you, nobody twisted their arm. Nobody tried to guilt them into anything. Nobody tried to put pressure on them. I almost love the fact that we couldn't meet this week, that every single one of us, we get to make this decision in the privacy of our own home with nobody looking over our shoulder to judge us. This is not between you and someone else. It's between you and God. And I'm telling you, there, pray if you, can, if you haven't gotten to this point yet. Say, God, help me to get to this point. Give me the grace to, to get to this point because there is so much financial freedom and peace to be had in your life when you get to the place where you go, everything I have is from God. It is an absolute honor. It is a privilege that I get to be a part of building his kingdom. It's a privilege. There's freedom in that. That's the spirit of today. I love that Paul said, he talked about they gave as much as they were able. So that tells you that that means there were some conversations during that offering that went like this. You sure about that, babe? I mean, come on, can we be real? This is what happens in my house every single year at this time. Me and Jill, we go, hey, y'all go pray, you go pray, let's come back and talk about it in like a week, and we go and we talk about it. Every single time we come back, I go, here's what I'm thinking. And she goes, really? Because here's what I'm thinking. And I don't know about some of you, I get mad. I'm freeing some of you up right now. 
we get in an argument about this. I'm like, are you serious? Are you, would you be practical for a minute? Do you have any idea how hard I've worked to save this kind of money? Do you know the plans I have? What is wrong? Sean, you're the pastor. I know, but I don't care. Listen to this. So I'm here, and she's here, and every single year we meet right in the middle and give exactly what she said. Every single time. Happened this year again. Call me a liar. You know I'm lying. 9,000 RPM, a court, nothing. You guys are too young for that quote. I love that it says overflowing joy. I love that. I love, I love that in the middle of crazy times, we gave in such a way that it made our chest a little bit tight. It was, it was above what we thought we could give. It, it, made us, it made us actually take a step of faith. I think our giving should do that for us. And then they said, but, but, but understand this, there was no guilt, no arm twisting, no pressure, no anger. It was absolutely done out of joy because I know, yeah, it makes me nervous, but it's a privilege to build God's kingdom. That's what we get to be a part of. That's the spirit of today. That's the spirit. Now, Jesus does in Luke chapter 12, if you have your phone or Bible or whatever, you can flip to it. Jesus does, though, speak to this. He speaks about money a lot. And, and in this passage we're about to read, he actually gives some of his closest friends a warning. He's like, guys, I want to I I tell you, be careful, because there's a couple ways to live when it comes to you and God and your finances. And you can live in such a way where all you do is try and like get yours and build your kingdom and get your promotion and your trophies and your place and your car and your second place and your whatever. It's like, you can live that way and be real careful because he's like, there's so many people in the world, like that's their view of success. I got to get, get, get and build my little kingdom and then sit back and go, look what I built. And he says, I, guys, I'm telling you, he's telling his best friend, guys, I'm telling you, if you live that way, it feels real good for a minute, but I'm telling you, you were built for eternity and, and, and this world's gonna pass and you're gonna have a whole lot of regret and realize you spent your whole life building up a kingdom for yourself that matters to nobody. He says, I don't wanna see you go down that road. I don't wanna see you live with those regrets. You can take some of what I've blessed you with and build my kingdom with it and there's a joy and a purpose and a mission attached to that. There's a legacy attached to that that you don't get anywhere else. He says, guys, I just don't want you to see you fall into this trap. All right, so here's what he says, let's read. Then he said to him. Watch out. I'm just warning you guys because I love you, he said. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. You don't want to get to the end of your life and just have a whole bunch of stuff because you're going to feel real empty if you do. He said, let me tell you a story. Jesus loved to tell stories. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I'm rolling. I have no place to store my crops. And they said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build bigger ones. And there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, bro, look at you. Look at you. You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Jesus said, be careful, because that's going to be your temptation, that to define success in life by that. He said, be careful, guys. I don't want to see you live with all these regrets. God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Now, who gets what you prepared for yourself? And this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. 
So guys, I'm just telling you, be careful. The temptation is to spend your whole life saving up to build your kingdom. And if you do, it will be tragic because when your number gets called and odds are you won't see it coming, nobody will have much to say about you after you're, after you're gone. You won't, have you won't have left much of a legacy after you're gone because all you did is build a kingdom that truthfully nobody else cares about. Be careful, guys. I want more for you than that out of your life. And, and, and I think everybody listening would be kind of like us going, whoa, I got to check myself. Because in an honest moment, I define success kind of like that. I got to check myself. What am I doing that actually builds his kingdom, that actually has an, an, an eternal return on investment? What am I doing to make that kind of difference? And see, there's a couple mistakes I see that he made right up top. And the first one is, go ahead and put that passage back. Go ahead and put three verses up. There you go. There's, I just want to, we're not going to read it. I'm just gonna, we're just going to highlight a few things. And I want you to see what I think is the first mistake he made. Go ahead and highlight some stuff. He thought everything he had was his, and he had it because of him. Listen, listen see, his, see his verbiage there? My crops, my barns, my surplus. I did this. I built this. I worked for this. I hustled for this. I deserve this. Right? That's what he thinks. Highlight a different portion of this scripture. Where did everything he has actually come from? The ground. The ground of a certain man, rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Did he create that ground? Nope. Did he earn it or deserve it? Did he create the rain that watered it? Did he create the sunshine that made it possible? Did he create the system where you could put a seed in the ground and grow a crop? None of it. Every single thing he has came straight from God to him. God gave him the ability to produce it. God gave him the mind to produce it, the ability to hustle, the health to go do it. Every single thing he has comes from God. And see, it's good for us to remember in 2020, because if we're not careful, we fall into that same category of, I got this because I hustled, because I earned it, because I worked for it. Tell that to a child who's born in 2020 in a, in a field outside of Rustenburg, South Africa called Freedom Park, where both of his parents have AIDS. They'll both die before he's five years old, and he'll walk around the park without parents, just hoping he doesn't die this week because of he doesn't have clean drinking water and he has no food. Did I earn the right to be born in United States of America and not Freedom Park? Did I deserve that? No, but every single thing I have in my life comes from because of where I was born versus where, where that child, I've seen those kids. I've been in that field and I felt that, why God? Why'd you bless me like this? I didn't earn where I was born. I didn't, I, didn't earn the, 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 I didn't earn the mind you gave me, the abilities you gave me, the drive you gave me, the health you've given me, the air in my lungs. I never earned any of it. Every single thing I have comes from you. See, it's hard to be generous when you don't see it this way. Now flip that upside down. When you realize everything you have is from God, it gets real easy to be generous. Because what you realize is God said, Here's my wallet, bud. Hold that for me. And go change the world with it when I ask you to. 
When you got dad's wallet, you can be. Imagine if we had a thousand people in this room right now. And I said, look down the row and find somebody you've never met before and change wallets with them. And then we took the year end offering. You give pretty freely, wouldn't you? Not mine anyways. Have it. See, you get real generous when you realize what I'm giving isn't really mine. We were in Austin, Texas, uh, gosh, I want to say about a year ago at our, at our new Austin campus, and I took my son Ashton with me. He was 11. And they're a set up, they were a set-up, tear-down venue. Sorry, I'm going to take a drink real quick. They're a set-up, tear-down venue. They were. They got a building, got to meeting it twice, and then COVID hit. So good for you, Austin. They were a set-up, tear-down venue, and they were having a hard time getting people to stay around and help them tear down. And it takes hours. And so they start bribing people. And so it wouldn't work. They're begging people. They're crying and asking. Nobody cared. <laughs> they came up with the most brilliant idea, Ronnie. They put 50 bucks in a little plastic Easter egg, and they hid it in the tech. And they told everybody at church, everybody, everybody at the Austin campus is 24. Hey, stay around. There's 50 bucks hidden here. Every person at Austin was like, oh, I'll help tear down. I got in a minute. So they're, they're tearing down. Well, my son stayed with my sister to tear down. And, and it's probably some insider information, let's be honest. But my son found the egg. Got 50 bucks in his hand. And all he wanted to do when we talked about going to Austin was go to the candy store. There's a candy store right by the hotel we always stay at. And it's like Willy Wonka on steroids. I'm talking like they have, like we have like gummy bears. They have gummy items that you carry out of the store like this. They have like six foot candy bar. It's crazy. All he wanted is go to that candy store. Well, my sister calls me as they're coming home. She goes, Sean, you're never gonna believe it. Ashton found the egg. And I was like, well, that was rigged. Yeah. And I can hear him in the background going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to that candy store. Well, we get back to the hotel and the plan is he's going to grab some clothes. He's going to go spend the night with Aunt Lori, and I'm going to hang out with the Austin team. And I said, bro, I can't believe you got that money. Come on, give me some. And my sister was like, oh. She goes, Sean, you're not going to believe this. We're driving back to the hotel, and Ashton saw a homeless man sitting on the side of the road holding a sign that said, please help. And he said, Aunt Lori, please stop the car. Sean, he got out of the car and went over to the homeless man and gave him the $50 bill and got back in the car and we came to the hotel. My sister's almost crying. Now I'm almost crying. And I said something that was really kind of stupid, I guess, but it just hit me at the moment. I was like, bud, what about that candy store? And he goes, you got more money? <laughs> and all of a sudden it hit me. See, he realizes everything he has and gets in this life right now comes from me. So he can be real generous with what he's holding in his hand because dad's got a whole lot more of that where that came from. And you better believe I took him to that candy store and I said, go nuts. Oh, that's gummy, oh, a gummy guitar? We'll take three. Get the gummy, back my truck up. Get real generous when you realize everything we have comes from the father, don't we? And, 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 you know, the, the biggest mistake he made was I'm just going to build my kingdom and that's going to make me have a successful life. And because of what I do for a living, man, I've been to a lot of funerals 
And what usually happens is, is I'll meet with the family around some sort of table or living room or something during the week, and we'll plan out the funeral. And usually it goes like this, who wants to say what? And I'm gonna tell you, it's absolutely tragic. I've sat around tables and in living rooms of very, very wealthy people who have passed away. And it's, when it comes time to say, who wants to talk about how they've changed your life? It's like crickets. It's tragic. Because at the funeral, you know what nobody cares about? Nobody wants to get up there and go, let me tell you about his 401k. Let me tell you about what he had. Let me talk about what was in that garage. Nobody cared. Now, am I saying saving money and investing is bad? Absolutely not. That wasn't Jesus' point. His point wasn't don't have nice things. His point wasn't don't be wealthy. His point was if that's all you have, you'll be empty. So take what you do have and invest in somebody's life and build up God's kingdom and make an eternal difference, and you'll live with a newfound purpose you never thought you could. See, that's what he's teaching us, and that's what that guy missed out on. I don't want us to miss out on it. The life we want, and I've said it a few times today, we want a life that has an E-R-O-I, an eternal return on investment. We crave it. The truth is, every single one of us, we crave it. There's something in us that we want to make a difference. We want to matter. We want to have purpose that even blows us away. We want to make an eternal difference. We want to have an E-R-O-I on our life. We want to make an eternal difference difference. And, and we want to invest our life in ways that it has an eternal return on investment. There's nothing greater. And because I believe that with every fiber of my being, I believe the local church is the greatest mutual fund on the planet you can invest in. And listen, if you're new and you don't know me and you don't know us and you don't trust us or trust our motives, I encourage you, give to another church, but watch what God will do through your generosity and watch what it does in your life when you start to realize, I got to be a part of building somebody else's story. Because when you build stories and don't just collect stuff, it takes your legacy to a new level. That's what we want, an eternal return on investment. And Red Rocks Church, I'm gonna wrap this message up now, thanking you and telling you, because a bunch of you watching this, You've been generous in the past. You've been faithful this year in the middle of a worldwide pandemic in ways that ought to just blow you away. And I just wanna say as the pastor of this church, your continued faithfulness and generosity in these crazy times has absolutely floored me. It has floored our leadership team. I do not take you for granted, church. From, from the get-go, we said, we're not gonna talk about being a generous church. We're gonna be a generous church. And I'm telling you, Red Rocks, you are. I wanna to talk to you for a minute about your portfolio because you have made some amazing investments. I have literally pages and pages and pages of these. I'm just gonna share a few. But I want you to see what you're investing in. I want you to see how diversified your portfolio is. First, let's start big picture, global. Just in India, for the last few years, we've been taking money from Red Rocks Church and putting entire groups of men through pastoral training. That's just one graduating class right there. We've been doing this now for a few years. Because of that investment, because of all the pastors that we are training, we're paying for every penny of it, because of the pastors we are training, get this, in India now, 300 churches have been planted through the pastors that you paid to put through school. And I don't want these to just be empty numbers. You saw some of the faces. Let me show you another face. That's Raji. Raji's one of the pastors. 
that we put through training, that we helped learn how to go share the gospel. And Raji, let me get this right. Raji has started four churches and 220 people have been baptized and gone public with their faith just in Raji's four churches. And we, are, we have built 300 in India. Church, be proud of that. When I say we're gonna go change the world, I don't say that just to say it. I mean it and we're doing it. That's just one of your investments. We've given over $100,000 in Rwanda and Haiti through Hope Haven and Compassion, medical relief, and food supplies. Think about that for a second. A church in America, primarily, one campus in Brussels, we sent them, wired them $100,000 to go feed and clothe and give medical attention to children who wouldn't have it without. I'm talking about change the world. I'm messing around, church. Let's, let's zoom in just a little bit. Let's look at just our country. Part of today's offering, we're sending this week to an organization called ARC. ARC is a church planning organization that we have the privilege of pastoring with. And over the course of time, they have, they, ARC has started over 900 churches around the country. But listen to this, just this year, just this year, 57 churches got started in the middle of a worldwide pandemic in our country, and we got to be a part of that because part of last year's offering went to them as well. And just on opening day of those churches, not day two, three, four, five, 10, 20, just on opening weekend, 12,000 people heard about Jesus, 522 people put their faith in Jesus around America because of your investment and your generosity. Obviously, Red Rocks Church Austin would be something else that we're doing around the country, and I believe that there's more of those in our future. Because a bunch of you, please take some ownership in this, because a bunch of you in 2018 said, I'll be generous, I'll give, I'll take a risk, I'll take on that, that tight-chested, here we go, God, I hope I can trust you for reals feeling, and because you gave in that offering, we were able to start a church in Austin, Texas in 2019. And because of that, 334 people have been saved and 37 people have went public with their faith through baptism. Lives are being changed. Let's go local. Let's zoom in even further. Local. As a church, I told you this, I think last week we've raised over $670,000. I know they're numbers, but try and... See that number for a second? $670,000 we've given to first responders in our communities. So we have made such an impact in hospitals and for firefighters and for teachers and for nurses and for CEOs of medical centers. We've made such an impact, they can't stop talking about Red Rocks Church. In fact, they filmed a six-minute video that we played last week just to say thank you. And if I, if I understand the story right, they came to us and said, please, can we? Can we come tell the church thank you? Because you're changing our lives. Jeff Coates, we partnered with them this year because when COVID hit and schools got canceled, there's a whole bunch of students around just our community, that they depend on that meal during school. And if they don't have school, they don't eat that day. That's just the reality. And we heard about it and said, not on our watch. 
And so we started giving to Jeff Coates. Listen to this. We got to be a part of 90,928 meals going out in our county. The Denver Dream Center, we partnered with the Denver Dream Center financially and through volunteers, and we got to be a part of giving out 200 pounds of, 200,000 pounds of food on a weekly basis. That's one of your investments. Oh, I love this one. I'm just gonna read it because I didn't wanna mess this one up. It's the only one I'm gonna read, but it's, the one, it's one that just touches my heart, man. We have given 15,000 people, 15,000 people, $15,000 to start a Gigi's Playhouse here in Denver, which will be a facility to offer free education and development services for individuals with Down syndrome. Let's be the church, somebody. Let's be the church. We got this category we call benevolence. It just means helping people in the church to the best of our ability when you're struggling. Just in 2020, we have given out to our church family over $200,000. And let me help you understand what that looks like, because what does that mean? It means families like this, they gave us permission to share this story. This is the Brandt family. That, that's their house burning down. They lost everything, everything. All their clothes, all their furniture, all their memories, everything they had, they lost in that fire. And we as a church family got to give them a big fat check and go, we got your back. This will help you start to go rebuild your life because we're going to be the church. That's just one of your investments. And I love this. Ten local pastors in our communities are about to get a real sweet Christmas bonus in the mail, and they have no idea it's coming. That's because of your generosity. And listen to this. Forty-eight elementary teachers in our community are about to get a real fat bonus check in the mail, and that's because of your generosity. We're not going to talk about being a generous church. We're going to be one. Now, let me, let me very clearly explain to you that the reason we get so excited about helping people's physical needs is, is because that always opens the door for us to talk about spiritual needs. If you just feed somebody who's hungry, you help them for a moment. We're talking about changing lives for eternity. So that's why, like Compassion International, why do we sponsor over 2,000 kids through Compassion? Because we don't just feed them and clothe them and get them medical attention. We also take every one of them to school at a church where their family comes on the weekends and the whole family, see, help the physical so we can get you to the spiritual so that your eternity can be changed. That's what we're doing. And there is an E-R-O-I on your investment, church. Listen to this. Before COVID hit, we had 16,000 people at our in-person services. That's pretty cool. Makes us one of the larger churches in the country. But I want you to know that God's looking at that going, that's nothing. We got a lot of people to reach. We're just getting started. And then the buildings got shut down, and what did we all do? We all corporately went, oh my gosh, the church is gonna fold. See, what happened is, is we forgot that one day Jesus was talking to some of his best friends, and he said, I'm gonna build my church, and the gates of hell can't stop my church let alone a little virus. You don't quarantine my church. So through technology, we've gotten to watch God just flex all year long. And Red Rocks Church, our messages are now being viewed by over 70,000 people a week. Like, go pack out Mile High Stadium, and that's what Sunday church looks like right now. 
That's God flexing. And it's being viewed in 159 countries. That's crazy. That's not, try to just, what is it? There's only like 190 some countries in the world. I mean, talk about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're getting to be a part of it. Red Rocks worship. Oh, wait, let's do this one first. Prayer requests during COVID. Because we haven't been able to say, hey, there's a prayer room right there. Hey, come talk to us after church. We'd love to pray with you. So we've been praying with people online and we've been praying for people. Every time you submit a prayer request online or through the app, I hope you know it's not just gone into the abyss of technology. Every single one has been prayed for individually. Put that screen up. Oh, you already have 19,968 prayer requests have been prayed for by our prayer team on an individual basis. Red Rocks Worship, we only have Red Rocks Worship because of your generosity. That's it. Without your generosity, there isn't a Red Rocks Worship. But because you built a worship team, over 50 million people have now streamed music where all we do is praise our God. It's changing lives. All right, two more and I'll be done. One more drink of water. That's 12. And two more stats. Over before COVID, at our God Behind Bars campuses, which God Behind Bars men and women love you so much. We would gather in the gymnasiums. Can't do that during COVID. In our gymnasiums, we'd average about 500 people per weekend. Well, now we've had to get creative. We've had to start using technology. We've had to start streaming our services into TVs, in rooms, in common areas, and get this. Now, because of COVID, 3,500 people a weekend have access to our church services at our God Behind Bars campuses. I love that. And here's the E-R-O-I, church, the eternal return on investment. Because you gave and because you sacrificed and because you took risks and because God has just blessed what's happening, 4,195 people this year have said, I want to put my faith in Jesus for the very first time. That's why we do what we do. And I didn't want you to just hear me talk about it. I wanted you to get a visual, a little bit of a visual for some of the portfolio that you have built with your investments. Watch this and watch it with a little bit of pride. Like, I got to be a part of building that. Hey, what's happening, Red Rocks? What's up, Red Rocks? Hi, Red Rocks Church family. Hey, everyone. Hey, Red Rocks Church. Hello, Red Rocks Church. Hi, Red Rocks Church. Hello, Red Rocks Church and Pastor Sean. This is Matthew Barnett. I just want to say thank you. Messi. Thank you so much. Thank you, Red Rocks. Thank you, Red Rocks. Thank you, Red Rocks. Thank you. I can't tell you how much Red Rocks generosity means. Thank you. Thank you to you, to your church, for being a channel of blessing in this generation. Thank you for being a part of changing the way the world views Down syndrome and sending a global message of acceptance for all. Thank you so much for your support um, and your generous donation. It went a really long way. Thank you all so much for working together this, this year and every year. Uh, so much of what we do is, uh, is, is made possible by folks like you. This year in 2020, you have given us 
$19,000 sent us countless volunteers and helped us in a million other ways. And because of your generous support, uh, your, your financial gifts, providing backpacks, mentors, helping us out at events, we've been able to connect 275 young people all across the metro area with caring adults. Some of the things that it provided us were um, mental health resources for team members uh, so that they can provide the best care that they can to the kids. Right now is the darkest time for many families and you as a church have been the light uh, during this crisis. You have been sponsoring over 4,000 children. You have been planting churches in Colombia, Haiti, Rwanda. You have been giving gifts towards the COVID-19 efforts and relief, which have been a blessing for hundreds of families uh, with, with food and, and, and the basic needs. 2020 has been an interesting year, and we've planted churches this year. 35 churches we've launched in 2020, another 22 online, six globally. Hundreds of people have come to Christ. New churches have been started. 2021 is going to be a great year. We're hoping to plant 80 churches next year. And I just want to say thank you for your generosity. When you give and while you're giving right now, as we're faithful in our giving, uh, I want to say you're impacting eternity. Red Rocks has been so welcoming to me, so happy to be there. I'm right now I'm uh, closer to God than I have ever been. The people at Red Rocks showed me the love first that I didn't deserve. There's great people here and tons of support. I probably couldn't have done it without the church. I want to live the rest of my life just invested in God and, and uh, what he's doing for me. I have 146 years in prison and it's hard, but uh, I just want to thank you guys so much. Like, I had no hope for the longest time. And then I started going to church with Red Rocks and my whole life started turning around and it's all thanks to you guys. And just since January of this year, not in the history, of this great church. But just since January, we've seen 4,195 people surrendered their lives to the goodness and the glory of Jesus Christ. 4,195. You can't even, ca you can't get your mind around that. Those aren't numbers. Those are moms. Those are dads. Those are teenagers. Those are people who overcome 4,000. I want you to feel your impact. Feel it. I want you to feel it. You can't even comprehend it. Let's count. Let's count right now to 4,195. You ready? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 200, 300, 400. Come on, 500, 800, 900, 1,000, 2,000. 3,000, 4,000, 4,100, 4,010, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 1, 2, 3, somebody shout, 4,195. You couldn't even count. It'd take you all day to count that high by one. And those aren't just numbers. Every number has a name. Every name has a story.
Box Church, wherever you are in the world listening right now, I triple dog dare you to get involved and to get behind the vision of this church and watch God move. That's what you're investing in. If you're in a living room, a kitchen, a bedroom, anywhere you're at where you could stand, would you stand up with me? If not, do your thing, and we're gonna pray, and we're gonna respond, and we're gonna keep changing the world through the power of our God. God, I thank you that you have blessed us the way you have blessed us, in ways that we have never earned, never deserved, You've blessed us and you've taken care of us. And, and for some reason, you chose us and you called us, you commissioned us to be part of building your kingdom here on earth. And so, God, I, I pray that every single one of us would catch the spirit of what we get to be a part of, that it's an absolute privilege. It's a little nerve wracking. It's a little it's a little stretching. God, I pray that it would be exhilarating to our faith and to our connection and journey with you as we understand we have this unbelievable privilege to be a part of building your kingdom. And God, I pray as we give this weekend that we do so with an absolute abundance of joy in Jesus' name. And everybody said, church, let's worship. Let's ask God what we should do. Let's respond. And let's go change the world.